Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Happy day before Christmas Eve, faithful listeners. This is Jen here with the Bible Explained podcast, of course. And yes, tomorrow is Christmas Eve. So yeah, tune into the podcast episode that I'm going to be airing tomorrow night. This is the third annual candlelit uh, Christmas podcast episode that I like to do. Of course, no candles are required. But of course, if you want to get into a festive mood, since it's Christmas Eve and it's, uh, you know, late at night that I air it, then yeah, sit next to your fireplace, grab some candles, uh, grab your hot cocoa, sit in your bathrobe, and just relax with your Bible as we talk about the Trinity tomorrow night. I will be singing a song, I decided. I went like back and forth on it. <laughs> and I think I told you guys at one point I wasn't going to sing a song, but... Yeah, I am going to sing a song, I decided. Just a little one, just a little short one, because I want to play around with the new thing I learned. So you'll have to see what that is tomorrow night. But anyway, guys, for today, we'll be reading Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 through 22. So grab your Bible and your cup of coffee. And uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention to you guys is I will be taking the next two podcast days off. So next Monday and Tuesday, there will not be a regular scheduled podcast episode, but I'll be back on the podcast on Wednesday, mainly because my husband has Monday off. I'd like to spend some time with him and Tuesday just to reset myself and uh, get myself back into the swing of things after Christmas Eve, of course, and Christmas Day. But yeah, so next Wednesday, I'll be back on the podcast, but no episode Monday or Tuesday. But like I said, let's go ahead and read for today, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 through 22. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version. Feel free to pause the podcast to go grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. And after you're done with that, let's go ahead and jump right in. Now, Israel, what does Yahweh your God require of you? But to fear Yahweh your God, to walk in all of his ways, to love him, and to serve Yahweh your God with all your heart and with all your soul, to keep Yahweh's commandments and statutes, which I command you today for your good. Behold, to Yahweh your God belongs heaven, the heaven of heavens, and earth, with all that is therein. Only Yahweh had a delight in your fathers to love them, and he chose their offspring after them, even you, above all peoples as it is today." Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. For Yahweh your God, he is a God of gods, and a Lord of lords, the great God, the mighty, and the awesome, who doesn't respect persons or take bribes. He executes justice for the fatherless and widow, and loves the foreigner in giving him food and clothing. Therefore love the foreigner, for you are foreigners in the land of Egypt. You shall fear Yahweh your God. You shall serve him. You shall cling to him. You shall swear by his name. He is your praise. He is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down into Egypt with 70 persons, and now Yahweh your God has made you as the stars of the sky for multitude. I know I say this a lot, but that is just so beautiful. (laughs) I do say that a lot. Whenever I, I... see something like this in scripture where it's like you need to give your your whole heart to God and cling to him. I just find that so beautiful. Like it's so poetic. It's so it's so nicely put. And obviously this is Moses speaking to the Israelite nation. But this doesn't just apply to the Israelite nation back then. This absolutely applies to you and me now because you and I are 
Christ followers. We believe in God. We believe in Yahweh God. We believe in Jesus. And because of that, we should be doing everything that Moses says here. We need to fear Yahweh our God. We need to do what God requires of us. We need to walk in his ways. We need to love him and we need to serve our God with all of our heart and all of our soul. Of course, that is that is literally what Christians are supposed to do nowadays. If we call ourselves Christ followers, which is what Christian means, we need to be walking in Yahweh's ways. Otherwise, we are lying. We can say we're a Christian all we want, but that's a lie if we're not actually doing what Christ calls us to do. So verse 12 here, what does Yahweh your God require of you? He calls you to fear Yahweh your God. And actually, I, I recently heard something that I thought was kind of shocking. Apparently, some Christians are becoming offended over the term fearing God because we're not supposed to fear him. We're supposed to love him as our father. But man, there are so many references in scripture about fearing God that I don't know how it could be offensive because we are supposed to fear God. And when I say fear God, it doesn't mean we're supposed to like tremble in anguish or dread him. You know, because fear typically has that kind of response in us. But this is the same type of fear and respect that we would have for our own earthly fathers, let's say, or the president of the United States. Like we're supposed to have respect and fear for their position. You know, we're not supposed to just back talk them or treat them with disrespect. Like we wouldn't do that to our own fathers, hopefully. We wouldn't do that to the president, hopefully. And so we're not supposed to do that to God. We are supposed to treat God with respect. And actually, there's a verse that's coming to my mind right now that I actually just looked up. It's Matthew 10, 28. And this is from Jesus's own lips about fearing God. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So, I mean... Yeah, that's coming from Jesus' own own lips. So we are supposed to be fearing God. That is because he does have the power to honestly cast our soul into hell if he wants to. But of course, because God is so loving and God is so gracious, he doesn't do that for those who follow him. He offers forgiveness. He offers love. He offers adoption into his own family. But for those who don't fear God, for those who don't walk in his ways and don't accept salvation, unfortunately, God does, in fact, have the power to destroy both the soul and the body. So fearing God is, in fact, important. And I do believe that that's the first step to attaining salvation is just recognizing one's own shortcomings and the fact that we are sinners and that God does have the power to honestly cast our souls into hell. And no, it's not a fun topic to talk about. I don't like talking about it. But Jesus talks about hell very often in the New Testament. In fact, hell is mentioned more often than heaven is. It's a deep topic that we should be talking about because Christians shouldn't want that for people. Christians should want people to gain salvation through Jesus. And of course, the first step in that is recognizing one one's own faults and fearing God, fearing that God is able to do that and just having respect for God as God and trusting in what he says, that if you believe in Jesus, you are going to attain salvation. But moving forward here, Moses talks about the different points that God tells all of us to do, not just the Israelites, but all of us. First and foremost, we need to fear God. 
Secondly, we're supposed to walk in all of his ways. I love that Moses says all right there. Not just walk in some of his ways or not just walk in his ways, but walk in all of his ways. Everything that he tells us to do, we're supposed to be doing. And then to serve our God with all of our hearts and with all of our souls. And that's the hard. That's a really hard one. I mean, it's definitely hard to walk in God's ways. Like for sure, it definitely is. But I feel like walking in in his ways and doing it with a glad heart and with all of your like soul because you love God I feel like that's the really difficult one, probably for most people. Like it kind of reminds me of a little kid when (laughs) when your like parents, uh, you know, tell you to go do something. And like the little kid is like, oh, I don't want to do it. But he goes and does it because he doesn't want to like anger his parents. But the entire time he's like doing it as bad as possible and like slamming things around. And and I remember doing this as a kid. I absolutely remember doing this as a kid. And I'm shocked that my parents had as much patience with me because I would not have. <laughs> Remembering how I was, I wouldn't have patience with me. Oh, but anyway, my poor mom. But anyway, it kind of reminds me of that. Like a, a kid will do what a parent tells them to do because they don't want to get in trouble. You know, they just want to get it done with. They don't really care how they do it. But it's a whole different ball game when you're told to do something and you do it with a glad heart. Like that's a whole new ball game that I don't think many people have uh, have mastered. Though I do know a few. I do know a few who have mastered it pretty well. But I certainly haven't mastered it. In fact, right now I, I'm going through something that I do believe God has called me to do, but man, I just don't want to do it. And I know I haven't had a a good heart in the situation either. But moving forward in verse uh, 13 here, it says, Moses says, we're supposed to keep Yahweh's commandments and statutes, which I command you today for your good. Those commandments that God gives us, it's not just to, you know, give us rules and regulations because he doesn't like us. They're for our own good. And even that, that reminds me of a kid once again, like uh, <laughs> the the little kids, you know, like the little, little kids that start crying because their mom tells them that they can't like, you know, play in the road or like under icicles that are about to fall down or something like that. And the kid like starts crying because <laughs> they don't they don't think it's for their good. They're just upset that they can't do what they want to do. But it is for their good. The parents aren't doing it to be mean to their child. They're doing it because they don't want their child to potentially get very hurt. And it's the same thing. All these commandments that God gives us to love our neighbors, to love him. These are for our own good. Verse 14. Behold, Yahweh your God belongs heaven or to Yahweh your God belongs heaven. The heaven of heavens and the earth and all that is within. So, Yes, the rules and regulations are for your own good, but also you should do them because God is mighty. He created you. He literally made you and formed you. So, I mean, he can do what he wants. He can tell you what he wants. And honestly, we need to listen to that because God created us like we belong to him. But of course, because God is so loving, he does give us free will He gives us the uh, choice to follow him or to not follow him. But it's for our own good if we do follow God. Verse 15, only Yahweh had delight in your fathers to love them. And he chose their offspring after them, even above all peoples 
as it is today. So God loved Abraham so much. God was the only person that loved Abraham. (laughs) It's kind of what Moses is saying. You know, there's nothing special about Abraham other than the fact that Abraham also loved God and Abraham was considered to be a friend of God. So God loved him and he chose Abraham to be the father of the Israelite nation, which of course would eventually birth Jesus because Jesus came from the Israelite nation to bless all peoples. And that was done because God, God loved Abraham. And Moses is saying, because of this, you, O Israel, are so blessed. You're blessed above all these other nations because God chose you. God chose your fathers, even though you didn't do anything (laughs) to gain that love. Verse 16, circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff necked. This is talking about circumcision. So God had already established with Abraham hundreds of years before this was written that all males eight days old were supposed to be circumcised. And I've gone into that in the past and to why God God did that. But beyond just the healthy aspect of it, the, the medically healthy aspect of it, God was also doing it to form a covenant with his people. This is something that the Israelites would uphold And it made them very, very different from the other nations that did not do this at all. And now when we circumcise our baby boys, it is due to mainly health reasons. And we understand why that's a healthy thing to do now. But back in these days, they had no clue about any of that. (laughs) And so God was doing it to preserve the Israelite nation and to keep them, uh, the males, pretty healthy also. But what Moses is saying here is that circumcise the foreskin of your heart. So all that garbage of your heart, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Form that covenant with God, just as circumcision had done years prior to that. Moses is making this analogy of that your heart needs to be in it. Your heart needs to keep that covenant with God. And then verse 17, for Yahweh, your God, he is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. And if you're not reading this in the W.E.B. version like I am, When it says God of gods, God is capitalized and then gods is not capitalized. So in other words, God is above all. He, there is no God that we make that comes close to God. In fact, we shouldn't make any of those gods at all because they're not gods and they're nothing. They're literally nothing. God is above all of that. And that's what Moses is saying here. God is above it all. He is the Lord of Lords. He is a great God. He is the mighty He is the awesome. He doesn't respect persons or take bribes. So he doesn't play favorites. Anybody who comes near to God, God will also come near to them. That's what it says in scripture. And it's not because of what any person has or because they're richer than another person. God doesn't uh, look at any of that stuff. It says God looks at the heart. That's what matters to God. Then it says he also doesn't take bribes. I mean, I don't know what we could possibly give God (laughs) to bribe him. He has everything. But then after this, it says he executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner and gives him food and clothing. Therefore, love the foreigner, for you are also foreigners in the land of Egypt. So we're supposed to be loving people who have different nationalities than us. We are supposed to be loving our brothers and sisters from different countries. We are supposed to be loving them. We're supposed to be uh, 
gathering them in because as Christians, they're also Christians. They're also part of the body of Christ. And even though they may be different from us, that doesn't matter. We are supposed to be loving them. And that applies to non-Christians also. We're just supposed to be having respect for people is kind of what God says here. We need to have respect for everybody. It doesn't matter if they're foreigner, if they have a different skin color than us. We That's not what we look at. We look at a person that is created in God's image. And that's kind of what God is saying here. Don't look at the skin color. Just love people because I created those people. They are created in my image. You shall fear Yahweh your God. You shall serve him. You shall cling to him. And you shall swear by his name. He is your praise. He is your God. Who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen? And I mean, that's just all more of Moses just kind of repeating what he said at the beginning of all of this. We respect God because he is our God. He has done so, so much for us. And as Christians, we should be having thankful hearts towards God and for all the things that uh, he's doing for us. Right now, I'm actually going through a uh, journal. It's called the Contentment Journal by Rachel Cruz. And if you guys know who Dave Ramsey is, Rachel Cruz is his daughter. And she wrote this awesome contentment journal that I just started going through. And I really like it. She made actually an awesome point in here. And I, I found this absolutely fascinating. I never thought about this before. Because I've noticed that, uh, you know, journals where it's like, you need to be thankful, write down what you're thankful for. They never really helped me, if I'm being honest. But the way that Rachel wrote it down, she says that there are two things that you must do before you reach contentment. Here's what it says. Like most good things in life, contentment takes work. Thankfully, there's a process for putting this plan into action. It goes like this. First, you must have gratitude. And second, you must have humility. Then thirdly, you gain contentment. I never thought about that before, that it doesn't, it's not just gratitude. It's also humility. Just recognizing our pride and recognizing that we need to get rid of that pride in order to really, truly gain contentment. So yeah, we can be as thankful for everything as we want to be, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we have contentment if we don't have humility ourselves. And once again, Moses is kind of stating all of this also to the people. He's stating, God is so above you that you need to check your pride. You need to follow in his ways. You need to love him. You need to cling to him. He is your praise and he is your God. So yes, I mean, having a thankful heart towards God, but not just having thankfulness for him and, and everything that he's done for us, but also checking our pride and actively trying to have humility is something that we all should be striving for because we love God and because we want to follow him. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please share it and tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. I hope to see you tomorrow for the Christmas Eve special. And I hope you guys have a lot of fun and uh, stay safe. I heard that there's a pretty bad freeze happening here in America, um, potentially a, a terrible snowstorm that's supposed to like affect millions of people. So please stay safe. Please stay warm. And I really do hope that you guys have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas Eve and uh, that you have a lot of fun with your friends and family members. I'll see you guys tomorrow night. Happy listening and God bless. <laughs>